Well, good morning and welcome to Epic. We are so glad that you're here with us today. My name is Tim Jones and I'm one of the pastors on staff and thank you for joining us for the conclusion of our three-part series, Keeping Up with the Joneses. Now, you heard me right, my last name is Jones and uh, Trent and Evan thought it would be a great idea to name the series after me uh, because it's my last name, but not only because of that, they thought, man, Tim, we just want to be more like you, all right? So I said to these guys, man, I've been very impressed. For the last couple weeks, uh, these guys have done an amazing job of trying to keep up with my awesome hairline. Check out Evan here, all right? So Evan went from being bald to making his wife happy, all right? And then, then there's Trent, okay? And so let's see the picture of Trent. Yeah, um, let's just say he gets an A for effort, okay? Uh, there's just no hope for that guy with his hair. Uh, but anyways, all kidding aside, um, you don't have to worry about keeping up with me. I can't even beat my wife in miniature golf. She beats me all the time. So Sarah, watch out. I'm coming for you. Uh, but anyways, uh, for the last couple of weeks, we have been checking out this whole comparison thing and how much it's in us. Uh, it's just human nature. We're always looking to the left and we're always looking to the right uh, to determine what everyone else is doing and to determine or judge if we're okay or not based upon what everybody else is doing. And when we look to the left and when we look to the right, uh, it causes us to want to be better or to be the best. And so all of us at some level just envy others or we want to be better, or we want to be prettier, or we want to be stronger, or we want to be wealthier, or we want to be richer. Whatever we want, we want to be better in it. And the problem is when we look to the left or when we look to the right, the problem is that we will never be satisfied. We will always desire to have more. And when we look to the left or when we look to the right, what happens is that we end up only hurting ourselves or hurting those who are around us. Because for the last couple of weeks, we've learned that there is no win in comparison. So let's say that together. There is no win in comparison. One more time, I know you get in the coffee and you, there is no win in comparison. And then we also looked at one of the wisest people who ever lived on earth. We looked at Solomon and he says this, better to have one handful with peace than two handfuls with hard work and chasing after the wind. And what that means is there's a person or as a person, um, we have two fists that are clenched around something and we always desire something more when we look to the left and to the right because we want more of it. And we will never experience peace, we will never experience rest because we're always looking to the left and to the right. Now, the person who has one hand open represents in that person's life that they are trusting God to put whatever he desires into their lives. And that person is trusting God to take whatever he desires from their life. So ultimately, this person is saying, God, you know best. You know best for my life. And so it's better to have one hand open to God and trusting him than two fists clenched onto something and always looking to the left and always looking to the right and never being fully satisfied. Now, last week, Evan did an amazing job of teaching us how to take one step towards living with one hand open and trusting God, which is simply to take our cue from God rather than looking to the left or looking to the right. And when we lock in as our reference point onto God or look into the mirror, what we see is that we need to be focused on him. And when we gaze into God, what we find out is that he's looking at us 
as a perfect father looks to his child. And we know perfect parents don't compare their children to anyone. And so God says, you're fine because you're mine. You're fine because you're mine. He doesn't look to the left and to the right and compare us to anyone because we belong to him. So today, um, I want to go a little further. I want us to take another step to learning how to live with one hand open and trusting God, uh, to overcome this comparison thing, to overcome this envy thing that's in us. Because no matter what we attain, it will never be enough. No matter what we accomplish, uh, we will always want something more. No matter how much we achieve, there's always something that we desire because it's just in us and we will never be satisfied. So what's the alternative? Well, God has a different economy. He has a different way of doing things. And today we're going to examine what it is that God and how he wants us to live with one hand open. And today we're gonna see what he places into our lives and what we can do with what has been given to us. So if you have your Bibles today, uh, turn to Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. Um, If you have a smartphone device, go ahead and turn there as well. Uh, If you don't have a Bible, feel free to always uh, have one of the Bibles in the back. It's our gift to you. No one is watching. No one's watching like eBay to see if you're selling them or anything like that. Uh, so go ahead and turn to Matthew 25, verse 14. We're going to put them up on the screen, but it's always great to be able to find the verse or the passage on your own. All right, before we dive into this parable, uh, let me talk about what a parable is, Okay. So parable is a made-up story. And so Jesus used parables or used stories to get people's attention. And he used parables to teach one main truth about God or one main point about God, and that's it. All right? So on this occasion, he tells several different parables in a row or back to back to back. And on other occasions, he would tell a parable and he would probably tell one, and then he might explain what the parable means. On other occasions, he would tell a parable and he would simply just walk off and everybody would be confused. How would you like that? And then on other occasions, he would tell a parable, walk off, but later on, he would call on his disciples and say, hey, let me tell you what this means. Now, on this occasion, he tells these parables back to back to back. And when you read all of them, then you get a picture of where he's trying to go and what he's trying to say. Now, another important thing to understand is that Jesus always began his parables with saying something like, and the kingdom of heaven is like this, or the kingdom of God is like this. And what he's doing is Jesus is using parables to help us to see how God sees us or sees the world or how God uh, views us or how God uh, evaluates us and what we do. And so um, when Jesus was telling parables to his audience, he was trying to get a point or a truth across to them. And he's doing the same thing for us. So they're very important for us as well. Now, I must warn you, we're going to read this parable. And at the end, you're going to be kind of confused. All right. He's going to throw kind of a curveball. So I just want to kind of give you a heads up uh, before we get to the end. So let's begin in Matthew 25, verse 14. Um, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants. And here's the key word, entrusted. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. So here's what's really important that we got to catch up front in this parable. So here's this wealthy man who didn't give 
his money to his servants. He entrusted it to them. They weren't like supposed to go off and do whatever they were supposed wanted to do with the money. He said, you know what, guys? In essence, I want you to do with my money what I would do with my money. So I'm going to be gone for a while. I'm going to entrust you to manage this money, and I want you to inv- invest it wisely. So he continues, verse 15. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last. And here's an important key phrase in this parable, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. So here's this wealthy man, and he kind of acts like any good boss would or any good leader or any good business owner. He says that, that they would do with their people. He looked at his people and he said, you know what, man, you've got a lot of talent. I'm gonna give you five bags to match. All right, you over there, hey, you've got some good managerial skills. I'm going to give you two bags to match. And you, I'm just going to give you one bag, all right? Uh, So, you know, he did the same thing that all of us would do, you know? This owner looked at his people, looked at their skill set, and gave them uh, the money based upon what he thought their skill set was for them to be able to manage their responsibilities. And let me kind of come out for a second of this parable, if we could pause for a moment, because there's another important thing that we need to know about parables. And that is, as we go through a parable, we have to ask the question, where are we or where am I in the parable? Because remember, Jesus is teaching one main truth for us, and he was teaching one main truth for them as well. And then another important question that we need to ask is, where is God in this parable? Because he's in there as well. And so God is the wealthy owner or the wealthy man in this parable. And let's say uh, for the sake of argument that we're like two baggers in the story, okay? We're not five baggers. You're not a one bagger either. We're all two baggers, all right? And this is true in life. There are some people in life uh, who have more than we do, have more ability that we have. And then there are some people who have less ability than we have or have less uh, things than we have. And so we are all two baggers in this story, unless you really want to be a five bagger. You can be a five bagger then, all right? So picking up back in verse 15, he, the wealthy man, then left on his trip. And the servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. So this guy, he went out and he invested for a long time and he doubled his boss's money, okay? So he did a good job. Now, verse 17, the servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. So this guy, he took the two bags and he worked hard. He didn't invest, he worked hard and he was also able to double his uh, boss's uh, money as well. And then verse 18, but the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. Now, when everybody in Jesus' audience heard that, they're like, what? What did that guy do? Like, he took the money and he dug a hole and put it in there, you know? They all knew that was bad. I mean, we all know that that's bad not to do something that's been entrusted to you. And I don't know if I can, like, you know, we can't, We don't know what this guy was thinking, but if I were this guy, I might be tempted to do the same thing. Um, You know, if I'm looking at the situation and I've got this boss who says, hey, here's one bag, and yet he didn't give me five, he didn't give me two, instead he gave me one bag to manage, I'm thinking, hey, what difference can one bag make, you know? Like, this is kind of pointless. I don't have five, I don't have two, so what am I going to do with one, all right? 
Now, I don't know if that's what the guy was thinking or not, but it kind of reminds me of times in my life where I've shown up at something and I didn't feel very valued or very accepted in that moment. One time I showed up at this event and everybody knew what they were doing. I mean, they were doing an amazing job. And I just thought to myself, wow, what did I get myself into? And so they each had different responsibilities, different roles and everything. They were doing a great job. And I was the newbie. And so everybody starts working, and the more that we worked, it was just apparent that I didn't know what we were doing. And the more the time went on, I just started thinking to myself, I'm done, you know? And uh, after a while, I just checked out, I left, and I said, I quit, you know? Because here's what was going on in my mind. I said, what difference can I make, you know? Here's all these people who know exactly what they're doing, and they are contributing um, very well. And in that moment, it's like, what's the point? You know, what am I showing up and doing? And isn't that the truth for all of us? Haven't we all experienced we've shown up to something and everybody knows what they're doing and we don't feel that we can add anything to the mix? Let's continue. So uh, now in this, where we're about to go, I don't want you to miss this because this is really important uh, to the story here and we're gonna find out what's really important to God. So verse 19, after a long time, which Jesus often used in his parables, which meant like a lifetime or after a long time near the end of your life, after a lifetime, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they used his money. And so right here, here's what's important. You know, he asked his servants, what did you do with what you had? He asked them the question, what did you do with what you had? And that's the same question that God is asking us as well. What did you do with what you had? And so for many of us, you know, we look at this and we say, you know, God, you know, it's not about how much we attain. And we think often it is. It's really about what did we do with what was given to us? And often we think that it's all about success or all these big accomplishments and God's heartbeat is really, what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with what I entrusted to you? That's the important question. That's the question that God is asking us and will ask us. So let's continue. In verse 20, the servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master. Now this guy, he couldn't wait for his master to return. He said, Master, you gave me, or you entrusted me in other translations, five bags of silver to invest on your behalf. I have earned five more. And the master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. I mean, what an amazing response from his master. It's like, hey, I'm going to celebrate you right now. Way to go. I'm going to entrust you with more responsibilities and let's party right now because you did an amazing thing. And then it continues, verse 22, the servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, master, you gave me or entrusted me with two bags of silver to invest and I have earned two more. And so the master rewards him in the same manner. Listen to this. It's not like he gave him more than the five bagger. He rewards him the same. Verse 23, the master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Now, if this were like a movie, all right, at this point, you know, the soundtrack would change. It's kind of like Jaws. And you'd hear like, dun, 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 dun. 
Dun, dun. Everyone in the audience knows what's coming. I mean, we know what's coming, all right? So here's this third servant. You know, here's these two eager beaver, you know, servants who went out and did amazing things. And here comes like roly-poly, you know, servant, you know, rolling around in the mud, trying to find where he buried that money and everything. So let's see what happens with him. Verse 24, then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, now this is interesting. He doesn't say, here's the money that you entrusted to me, all right? So he kind of starts to point his finger at the master. This is what comes out of his mouth right away. Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. Now we don't know that, but he's just saying this, all right? So basically what he's saying is, hey, I know who you are. You know, you are a tough man. You know, all your care about is the bottom line, making money, you know, that's what you care about. And what he's trying to do is really level the playing field with the master. He's trying to come up and blame the master uh, to excuse away his behavior. Now listen to this. I was afraid I would lose your money. Like, really? So I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money. Not, here's what you entrusted to me. Here's your money, he said. Verse 26, and Let me warn you, all right? This is a story, this is a parable. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. So the master's not mad because like the guy did something bad or immoral or uh, illegal. He's mad at him because he did nothing. He did nothing. Listen what he continues to say. If you knew I harvested crops and I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. And everyone in the audience is like, yeah, you know, why didn't you do at least do that? Why didn't you at least put the money in the bank and earn some interest on it, you know? And the reason is, is that the servant missed the point. He didn't see that this was entrusted to him. He didn't see that this was given to him. He missed the point of the entire assignment. Don't we do the same thing? You know, don't we neglect the things that are entrusted to us by God? Don't we overlook what we already have? Don't we already like not appreciate what has been given to us because we're constantly looking to the left. We're constantly looking to the right. And we're constantly judging what everyone else has and what we don't have instead. Don't we do the same thing? And doesn't our focus get enamored with something else instead of focused on God and what he has given to us? In verse 28, then he, the master, ordered, take the money from his, this servant and give it to the one with 10 bags of silver. And this is where we all want to get like Christian and say, hey, that's not fair and stuff like that. But this is where we know that God knows what he's doing. You know, any of us in the business world would know, hey, you gave an opportunity to someone, they didn't follow through. You take that opportunity and you give it to someone else who is doing the most with opportunities. And you do that because it benefits everyone. It doesn't just benefit the master. It doesn't just benefit the rest of the company or the employees. It benefits everyone when someone is responsible. So that's what this guy does. Now, the owner of this parable kind of gives a little sermon here, and it's really important to listen to the first couple verses here. We often want to go to this last verse, which I warned you about, but listen to this first verse that he says, verse 29, to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. 
They will have peace in their life. They will have rest. That abundance word means so much more than just wealth. It means so much more of your life will be satisfied. And then he says, but from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And many of you are thinking, what just happened? Like, did Jesus just like throw this guy in hell because uh, he mismanaged his money? Yes, he did. All right, so let's close in prayer. Dear God, thank you. All right, I'm just kidding on that one. Just wanted to see if you were awake, all right? If you're upset with me, you can email me at my address, trent at ilovemybaldhead.com, all right? Since most of you think I'm Trent anyways. But um, remember, this is a parable. This is a story. And the main point, there's only one main point. And the main point is not about this guy's eternity. The main point is what did he do with what he had? That's the main point. Now, some of you are concerned about that gnashing of teeth and weeping and everything. Here's what this means. In that context, what this means is gnashing of teeth doesn't mean pain. It means more of like, you know, frustration. Like, man, I missed that opportunity. You know, I should have done that yesterday. You know, I should have not delayed for so long. You know, and what does weeping mean? Weeping means regret. So this servant, instead of being faithful with what he was entrusted, at the end of his life, he will look back and say, ah, I messed up. I got enamored with something else. I took my eyes off of God. I looked to the left. I looked to the right instead of being faithful with what was entrusted to me. So here's the main point. The main point in this whole parable that God wants us to know is not about what you attain here on earth but it's about what you do with what you have. Let me say that again. It's not about what you attain. It's about what you do with what you have. We all have a choice. We have a choice to live with one hand open, full of peace, trusting God, or we have a choice to take our two fists and clinch onto something and continue to look to the left and to the right, which will never satisfy us. And we've all been given something. We've all been given time. We've all been given abilities. We've all been given resources, money, possessions. So the question that God has for us is, what are you going to do with what I've entrusted to you? What are you going to do with what I've entrusted to you? And so are we going to invest it in the long term and be wise with it like the servants did? Are we going to invest in the master's purposes or are we going to do nothing? In a long time, if we invest, we will see things that will happen in our lives and the lives around us if we invest it wisely. Or are we going to quit and do nothing? Now, let me put it this way, all right? So you are very important. You are very important. There is no one, no one like you. God has made you and given you certain abilities and certain Uh, things in your life. Let me kind of illustrate it like this. Our lives are like bookshelves, okay? And each of us have books that represent our background, our experiences, our talents, our abilities, our responsibilities, our careers, our jobs, whatever. All those books represent and make you who you are. You have a story, and it's not like anybody else's story. Your unique combination of books on your bookshelf applies to you only. And God has something for you to do. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. You are important. 
You are his child. Use what has been given to you. So for some of us, we've been using our time all wrong. Instead, some of us need to use the shelves that are on book to invest in the lives that are around us, to our friends, to our neighbors, our coworkers, or people here at Epic, or people that we bump into on a regular basis and bring them one step closer to God. Or for some of you, you know, you've been sitting on your talents and doing nothing, and it's time to get into the game, and it's time to do something for God, which you've never done before because you've been so scared. Take that step of faith. Or for some of you, you've been blessed with so many talents, but you've been using them for yourselves instead of for others. Or for some of you, you are so good at business, you are so good at, you know, networking with other people, and you are building your own kingdom instead of being generous. And so we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity next week to do something really important. And here's the thing. If you use what's been given to you, at the end, this is what God says for everyone. If we are faithful with what's been entrusted to us at the end of our lives, he will say, well done, good and faithful servants. You were entrusted with some things and you were faithful. That's what God wants to say to us. And he wants to celebrate that. So next week, we have an opportunity to do with what we've been given. Next week, we have 3G Sunday that's coming up. As Trent said, we've got 15 projects that we are trying to do in the city of Palm Coast, Bunnell, and Flagler Beach. And so we're not doing this to like put our names in lights. We're not doing this expecting something in return. We are doing this to show our community that we are for them. And so 280 of you have signed up and we need 50 more people to sign up for the, to fill the remaining projects. And so today is the final day to sign up for those projects. And let me kind of go over some of the projects that we still need help here as we need six more uh, projects to be filled. So if you want to grab your card, you can go ahead and grab your card. The first one is a habitat rehab project. Now, what that is, is that there was a homeowner uh, that had this house built for them, and it's transferred ownership to a new person. And this person is a single mom, and she is pregnant with her first child, okay? And she is about to receive this home, but it needs a refresh. It needs to be painted on the inside. It needs to be cleaned up. The landscaping needs to be kind of redone and everything. So we have a great opportunity. We need five or 11 of you to be able to go to that house and show her that she matters, that God values her and we do as well. And then the second project that needs some help is um, the bike repair for Project Share, okay? So the Rotary Club over at Flagler Beach every Christmas collects all these old bikes, fixes them up, and then gives them to families who are in need in Flagler County. And so some of these bikes need fixing up. So if you've got some mechanical ability, then come on over. If you don't, that's okay as well. You can clean them, you can organize them, and somebody can show you some things, and it'll be an amazing time to help out uh, families in our county for that. And then we have an opportunity to paint the inside of one of the fire stations. And this is really cool. So it's down there on Beltair next to Indian Trails Middle School. And uh, this is a way to give back to our firefighters. 
you know? They serve our community all the time. And this thing hasn't been painted in ages on the inside. It needs a refresh. So the other cool factor on this is the city of Palm Coast, which last year we engaged and they said, hey, we've got one project for you. They came back and said, we've got two projects that we would love for you to do. So this is a way for us to show our city and our leaders that God is for them. And so what amazing opportunity we need uh, 10 of you to sign up for that project, or actually uh, we need eight of you to sign up for that project. Another one is right here at Buddy Taylor Middle School. And so we have a painting project. They've asked us to paint the band room every year. And almost every, you know, several months we say, hey, what can we do to help you guys? And they're just blown away. They're like, you want to help us? Like that doesn't happen very often. So the administration said, hey, we could really use a refresh in that room. And so we are going to have people who are going to be doing that. We need five more people to help paint that room to show our teachers and the administration that they matter as well. And then uh, First Baptist Christian Academy, they just opened up. They're new to the community. And uh, they have a new building. And so we would love to support them. They need some painting to be done as well. So we need six people to show families, to show parents that we care about you guys and we're cheering you on in our community. And then the last one is for the prayer team. We need four people to be a part of the prayer team. And what we've done is we've asked for all the teachers' names of Buddy Taylor Middle School And that team is going to be praying for these teachers during that time, walking around. We're also going to be praying for all the projects and for our community. And so what an amazing thing to be able to do to go before God and ask God, God, would you make yourself known to all these people in our community? And then as Trent mentioned, we have a really cool opportunity to be able to give back to some organizations that do a fantastic job of day in and day out of serving our community. And so as Trent mentioned, if everybody would give $25, we would be able to raise $7,500. Could you imagine what $7,500 would do? How many families that that would feed or helping one family attain or come closer to attaining a house or also supporting all these moms and supporting these children who are about to be born. And so we have a unique opportunity to give above what we give, to give $7,500 towards these organizations that don't know. So don't tell them, okay? So it's gonna be a surprise to them, all right? And so if you don't have $25, that's okay, all right? You come on out and serve, that is not a stipulation. If you don't have $25, but you got $5, $10, you give five or $10. So on your way out today, we're gonna give you an envelope with a 3G, marker on it. And you bring that back next week, put it in the offering bins or bring it back on October 25th. And then for some of you that God has blessed so much, man, let's give generously. Let's do what our God does to us so often. And so next week, this is why I want you to remember for this week, all right, to help all that in our heads. I want you to remember it as GPS, okay? I want you to go out and think about the giving component this week. And so get an envelope, and then I want you to pray. So as Trent mentioned, the spiritual growth challenges, there's a prayer list to pray through this week on there. We can be praying in anticipation of 3G Sunday, and then serve. If you have not signed up, sign up. Some of you have a day off that you haven't used. Take the day off. Let's serve. Let's give what we can give back to our community, and let's show them that God is for them. Let's do with what he's entrusted to us. 
So I'm going to pray, and then as soon as I'm done praying, if you have not signed up for a project, go ahead and sign up at one of those projects in the back, and then get an envelope on the way out. So let's pray together. So Father, we thank you so much for who you are. God, we thank you that you are so gracious to us. You are just ready to give to those who are faithful in so many different ways. And it's not about money. It's not about possessions, God. It's about making your name great because ultimately we find satisfaction when we live with one hand open and trusting you rather than looking to the left and looking to the right. It never satisfies. We always want more. And so today, God, may we remember what we can do with what you've given to us. So Father, make us more like you want us to be. Help us to be great servants who serve our community. And we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you next week, 815, check in and sign up if you haven't signed up. Doesn't that look like the most fun ever? Very cool. So if you come to our church picnic next uh, Sunday evening, we have something we call Day at the Park, you will get a chance to participate in that. Can you imagine? Yeah. Yeah. So some of you are looking across the room at who you would like to see in the ball and you run at them and send them across the field. Hopefully it's not me, uh, but it might be. So um, that's the game that we're going to play next uh, Sunday at our church picnic. So we would love everybody to come and be a part of this. So if you're new with us, it doesn't matter. If you've come today for the first time, you've been coming for a long time, please come and be a part of our church picnic together. So here's what you can bring. So bring your food. Bring your, your tennis shoes, bring your shorts, um, bring some chairs. We'll be at Wadsworth Park, which if, if you're headed down um, 100, State Road 100 towards the beach, right before you get to the Flagler uh, Bridge, the bridge that goes over Intercoastal, on the left-hand side is, is Wadsworth Park. So just pull in there. There should be some signs out that will guide you back to where we're going to be. So if you know where the skate park is, if you're familiar with the park, just go to the right of that and then make your way around to the back is where the soccer fields will be. And we've got bounce houses. We've got knocker ball. We've got like more fun than you can handle in one opportunity. So please come and be a part of this. It'll be a fun chance for us to just mingle as a church family outside of what we do on Sunday mornings. Now, if you are new with us today, we're so glad that you've chosen to be with us. My name is Trent, and I am one of the pastors on staff here and would love for you to stop by our Connection Center before you leave today. There's some information there. If you've got questions about who we are as a church or what we do as a church, that's a great place to get answers. And we'd love to meet you and welcome you to our church. Now, just a few more announcements, and then we'll dive into today's message. So on October 25th, we have a, another special day coming up. So we've got a lot of special things happening in this month. But on the 25th, we have a special baptism that's going to happen. In the life of our church over the past six years, we've do, always done our baptisms at the beach or we've done a couple of them at a pool. Well, on the 25th, we're gonna do our baptism here after both services. So if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but you've not followed that up with baptism, then I invite you, I encourage you to sign up to be baptized. So you can do that in several ways. You can sign up on one of the cards on your seat. There's a little baptism card. You can fill that out, drop it off at our Connection Center, or you can go online and fill that out as well. Now, if 
if you are a parent thinking about your kid being baptized, just please know this. I want to make sure every kid understands what baptism means. Okay, it's so incredibly important. I don't want anyone, adult or child, confused about baptism. So if you go sign up online, you'll see there's some information that you need to read through to make sure that you understand before you you, uh, click through that to sign up for baptism. The same thing is true for our kids. So we actually have a baptism application for our kids. There's a, a packet that you'll need to go through as a parent with your child to make sure that they understand what they're doing. And then after that, they'll have a conversation with either me or a conversation with uh, my wife who leads our children's ministry, um, and we'll coordinate all that. So again, if you're interested in your your child being baptized, make sure that you fill that information out or sign up online, and we can send that to you this week. So we'll email you that information this week to make sure you have all the right information for that. Okay, so next week is 3G Sunday. So is anybody excited about 3G Sunday? All right, so if you're new with us, you have no idea why we're excited. So let me tell you. So next week, we have our event called 3G Sunday. And what happens on 3G Sunday is we do, uh, out of our 5G life, the spiritual growth process that we have, we take three of those Gs and we put them together. So we gather, we go, and we give. So we gather together for a short service, like a pep rally service, and then we go out into our community and we give back out of what God has given us. So that's our opportunity to, we're not just going to have normal services like we do today. It's our opportunity to go and be the church for our community. Here's why we do this. Um, Bible's pretty clear that our God is for us. Most churches, most Christians are more known for what they stand against than who they stand for. So we would like our community to know that our God is for them. And guess what? We are as well. So 3G is an incredible opportunity for us to go into our community and be the church for our community. Now, we need your help to do that. So we've had 290 of you already sign up so far. So that is phenomenal. Thank you so much for that. We have 40 more opportunities for you to sign up. So for those of you who haven't signed up yet, there are still opportunities. And we'd love for each of our projects to be fully volunteered so we can go out and we can serve at the highest capacity. So if you have not signed up yet, at the end of the service, just make your way to one of the tables in the back and sign up for one of the projects. There should be a a sheet of paper on your seat that explains what the projects are that are still open. Now, between the first service and the second service, I'm not sure if any of those have closed, but just look at those projects and pick one of those projects that you may want to be involved in. And then after the service, make sure you go back, get your name on the list and fill out one of the waivers that are there. Um, You know, we, everybody's got to sign a waiver. It's not official until you sign a waiver. Uh, If you have not signed a waiver, if you signed up online, you didn't fill out a waiver, stop by. We actually have a waiver table in the back. Stop by and sign that. Um, That keeps things going a whole lot faster, actually, on next Sunday. So here's the logistics for next Sunday. You are going to be so excited about this. We're going to have one service starting at 8.15. Isn't that awesome? Second service people, you're like, what? Like, is God even up at 8.15? I assure you he is because we do services before that. So he's actually here for that. So at 8.15 next week, 8.15, 
So that might mean you might need to leave your house at 8. You might have to get up at like 7.45. I'm not sure. If you have hair to worry about, maybe you got to get up earlier. But for those of us who don't have hair, you don't have to worry about that. So 8.15 is the time. Come in here, and you'll come in this big room, and each of the air will have our, our whole room um, separated by projects. So when you come in, you'll see a project. So if that's the project you sign up for, you're going to check in with your team leader at that project right there in that little zone, okay? And then we'll have a, a little pep rally, get everybody focused, give you the final details of what you need to know, and then we'll send everybody out. So what you need to know as you come in is we love, if you have a 3G, no, not a 3G shirt, uh, team leads have that. If you have an Epic shirt, we would love for you to wear your Epic shirt. If you don't have an Epic shirt, stop by our t-shirt uh, table. We'd love to help you out with that. Um, if you don't have that, you're not going to get one today, don't worry. Don't worry about that. Just make sure you're wearing a shirt. That would be important. <laughs> okay. Um, come prepared to work that day. So if you, uh, dressed appropriately. So if you are a painter that day, Come in your paint clothes. If you're going to be cleaning up the beach, come in beach cleanup clothes. Whatever you're doing that day, whatever your project is, dress accordingly for that day as you come in. Um, Let's see. You should get an email this week about your project. If you don't get an email this week, don't freak out. Just come next week, and we'll make sure you get all the information that you need to have. Now, there are two new aspects of 3G Sunday this year that I want to tell you about. So the first is prayer. So we would love to bathe this event in prayer. We would love for our community to know how much our God is for them and how much we as a church family are for them. And so I think it's gonna take lots of prayer for that to happen. So what we would love to do this week is just spend time all week long praying. So if you're a part of a small group, we'd love for you to spend some time as a small group praying for 3G Sunday, for the community, the people that we're going to be serving. Uh, if, if you're a part of that or if you're not a part of that, here's what we'd love to do. If you have a smartphone, all right, so everybody's got a smartphone, go ahead and pull them out. It's all, it'll be okay. Go ahead and pull them out. And we'd love for you to put a reminder on your phone right now, 12 o'clock each day. Just put a reminder on your phone, 12 o'clock each day. And when the reminder goes off, that'll be a reminder for you to pause and pray. So just take 30 seconds, 60 seconds, just pause and pray for 3G. Now, if you don't have a smartphone, maybe you have a dumb phone. Maybe you don't have a phone. Like, that's okay too. Um, On your seats, there's a spiritual growth challenge. It's orange and black. So it's a one-page document that uh, helps guide through what we're talking about on Sundays in a little deeper way. Well, there's a prayer section there that you can read through that. It'll guide you through what to pray for all week long. So again, 12 o'clock noon for all of us, we're praying together. All right, the next component that we would like to add this year is a giving component. So as we've learned in our 5G series, uh, one of the the Gs is give. God wants us to give of our time, talents, and our resources. Our great God is a great giver, and he wants us to follow him and give of what he has given us. So what we want to do is we want to add, in addition to giving of our time and our talents, we would like to add a financial component this year so that we can bless our partners in our community the people that we partner with. So let me tell you our local mission strategy. So since the life of our churches we've started, we have felt like 
a stronger desire to partner instead of pioneer. So let me explain what that means. There are some organizations in our community that do a phenomenal job at serving our community. And because of that, we have never felt the need to start things like they may be doing. So for example, Grace Community Food Pantry is a partner that we've had over the past six years, and they do a phenomenal job in our community. Last year, they fed 100,000 people in Flagler County. It's phenomenal phenomenal job. So we've never felt like we need to have a food pantry. Why? Because they have a food pantry and they do a phenomenal job at that. So we want to come alongside them and support them in reaching farther into our community. Hopefully that makes sense. Another partner that we work with is Habitat for Humanity. Um, Habitat is is an organization that builds homes for needy families. Anybody uh, have involvement with Habitat? You're familiar with them at some, some point or you've built a house with them? Great. So since 1992, Habitat has built 92 houses in Flagler County for needy residents. We've been able to help with 10 of those. And so they've done a phenomenal, phenomenal job. So again, we want to come alongside Habitat and help them build even more homes, serve more people in our community. Alpha Pregnancy Center is another organization that we've partnered with uh, over the past number of years. Last year, Alpha Pregnancy Center serviced 139 new clients. So understand what that means. That's a young mom at a, a critical spot in her life. It not only means that, we, that Alpha serviced the mom, but Alpha helped service that unborn child and helped an unborn child be born into the world and understand that a, a great God loves them and has a, a clear purpose for their lives. So we want to come alongside Alpha and help them serve even more moms in our community at a critical spot in their lives. So, so that's the financial component that we would like to add to this. Is, is so the money that we raise for this, we want to give to these partners. So the goal that we have is $7,500 that we would like to raise on 3G Sunday for that purpose alone. Again, everything that comes in that's labeled 3G that you you put specifically to go towards 3G, all of that, not not part of it, not 80% of it, not 95% of it, all of that will go to these partners. Okay, so it'll be divided up amongst these partners and given out. So here's how we could do that. On any given Sunday, we have between 500 and 550 plus or minus people in both of our services. So I'm just thinking about the adults. So those of us who consider ourselves adults, whether you, you know, somebody next to you might not consider you an adult, but for those of us who consider ourselves adults, if we all gave, 300 of us gave $25, that'd be $7,500. I don't think it's that big of a stretch for, for us to actually reach this goal and to strongly support our partners in our community. So here's how we can do that. But as you're leaving today, somebody uh, is, is scheduled to give you a 3G envelope. So it's just a giving envelope that's got a 3G sticker on it, like the one I have on my shirt. And I encourage you to pray this week about that. God, how much do you want me to give? If it's 25, great. If it's more than that, great. If it's less than that, great. Whatever God prompts you to give, I encourage you to put that in the envelope and bring it back the next week. You can bring it back next week. You can also bring it back the week after that if, if for some reason you can't do that next week. If you give online, a lot of people do online banking, so you can give online as well. Just designate that 3G, and again, everything given 
for 3G is going to go to our partners. So hopefully that all makes sense and would love for us to, to take another step in serving our community. Now, if you can't give, like if you're in a spot financially, like I just can't do that then no worries. Just come and give of your time and your talents as we give back on 3G Sunday. We'd love to have you do that. So I'd like to ask all of us to pray together. And uh, we're going to pray for 3G, and then we're going to transition into our message for today. So let's pray together. God, it's such an incredible opportunity that we have as a church family to be the church for our community. Lord, you've placed us here in Flagler County with a specific purpose, and I honestly believe that it's to show our community that you are for them. And so, Lord, things like 3G Sunday are an opportunity for us to go out into our community and demonstrate that to to our community at large. So, Lord, I pray that you would guide us in that. I I pray your infinite blessings upon the things that we're going to be doing in our community. I pray that as we serve our community, more people's eyes would be open to a relationship with you. So, Lord, I pray Ephesians 3.20 over 3G Sunday coming up next week that you would do infinitely more than we could ever ask or think. And Lord, this morning, my mind turns towards the message today, and I pray that you would speak powerfully today through Tim as he wraps up this series that we've been in on envy and trying to keep up with other people and the comparisons uh, trap that we get wrapped up in when we just try to compare ourselves with so many people around us and we don't understand that we're not supposed to do that. We're supposed to to look to you for the, the truth that we need to know about our lives. So Lord, I pray that you would speak powerfully to all of us today and we would lead here different. We would leave here with a clear plan to serve you in a whole new way. In Jesus' name, amen.